Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. In today's episode, I want to talk about this feeling or belief of unworthiness, because I think this is one of the biggest underlying factors that contribute to people's struggling with addiction, having a difficult time overcoming the the betrayal, the trauma of betrayal. I think it's just one of the biggest factors when it comes to contributing to depression. I think this is just such an, a, a, a thing that undermines people's progress in so many different areas of life, not even with regard to addiction, but especially in addiction. I just think that this is something that people don't often talk about, nor have really good direction or clarity about what to do with this. And so I want to share with you three specific things that I hope will be really, really helpful in terms of application, practical, tactical advice, things that you can implement to start to change these feelings or beliefs of unworthiness if you notice yourself struggling with this. I think, you know, first I want to define a little bit more what this is. When I think about unworthiness, I think about it being a belief of some variation of not being good enough, somebody who believes that they're a failure or that they're bad or flawed or there's something wrong with them or inherently damaged, something along those lines, usually when I work with people, that's often what they come in and say, like, I just don't feel like I'm worthy. Their self-esteem is low. They don't feel like they're enough. And it's, it's painful. It's heavy. And I think the feelings that often go with that are fear, shame, depression, inadequacy. And the action that accompanies those feelings is we want to hide. We want to get away from something that makes us feel unworthy. Or if we see ourselves as unworthy, we want to cope in a negative way, usually. Well, not, not even always in a negative way. It, it ends up being in a, in a negative way where we try to cope whether it's through distracting ourselves or social media or addiction or food or, you know, there's so many different ways that we just kind of run away from our pain. And another action that we do is avoid. We avoid people and places and things that highlight or shine a light on the feeling of unworthiness that we have. And so I want to talk first about where does this come from? And how, because I think having a better understanding of where it comes from opens up the door for you to know how to resolve this and what you can do about this. So feelings and and a belief of unworthiness for so many people that I work with comes from uh, any number of different situations. It's usually men that I struggle with, they, they have a feeling of unworthiness because of the mistakes that they keep making over and over again. They tell themselves they want to quit acting out. They tell themselves they want to be a better husband and father or work harder or just be a better person in general. But then they find themselves taking steps forward and then getting pulled back into the addiction, making those decisions, going back down to those old paths, beating themselves up, telling themselves, I I don't want to do this anymore. Why do I keep going back to this? And when they recommit to try to do better and take some steps forward and eventually a temptation or an urge comes up and they resist it for a little bit. They try to fight against it. They distract themselves. They try to get away from it or avoid it. But after a period of time, whether it's days or weeks, eventually they find themselves back in the same old cycle. And it's so discouraging and it's so exhausting for them. 
And for so many men who are struggling with this, they're fighting against this, they're putting their energy and attention towards avoiding it. But when they fall back into the old habits or patterns, they start to cultivate this idea of maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe this is just who I am. Maybe I am a failure. Maybe I'm just bad. Maybe this is just how it's going to be moving forward. And these feelings of unworthiness start to take hold. I think for, for many women, they have also feelings of not being enough or not being worthy as a response to their husband's struggle. This is not always the case. But so many women that I work with do carry around feelings and beliefs of not being enough. Well, my husband is turning to this, subs, uh, this, to this behavior, again, whether it's addiction to substances or uh, something else, like it's the wife is impacted by it. And especially when it comes to pornography addiction, the wife is impacted on such a core level because of how personal it feels. And so she'll often feel like, okay, my husband's turning to this. What does that mean about me? Am I not enough, pretty enough, sexy enough, interesting enough? Why doesn't he come to me? Why is he going somewhere else? And then a belief of not being enough or, or failure or unworthy takes hold in her. There can be many, many different sources of this, though. It can, be, it can, it can come from parenting. If we feel like we're messing up our kids or making mistakes as a parent, or if at work we're dropping the ball and falling behind and feeling like, well, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm an imposter. Or in terms of like standards of beauty or looks or how much money we make. So many people struggle with these feelings of unworthiness from many, many different categories. And it causes such tremendous weight, which so often sets a husband up to then deal with this weight and pain and feeling unworthiness in a negative way. And so what do we do about this? I I remember working with somebody who struggled with this exact thing. He was stuck in this cycle of addiction. His wife felt like she wasn't enough. And they were just really, really having a hard time. And then when they reached out for help, we started working on this piece in particular. And what I found was that the belief of unworthiness in so many people is a result of how they define what it means to be worthy. So let me go into a little bit more detail with this. The husband that I was working with defined worthiness as not making mistakes over and over again, not watching pornography, not making mistakes in the past that he didn't want to repeat. The way that he defined worthiness was to be free from mistakes. And so if you think about that, if somebody defines their worth as not making mistakes or what it means to be a good person. Well, I'm a bad person because bad because good people don't make these kinds of mistakes. And so he was stuck in this paradigm of in order to be worthy, essentially you can't make mistakes or you can't make these kinds of mistakes because if you do, then you're not worthy. And so with this definition that he had of, I can't make these mistakes over and over again or else I'm not worthy, every time he did slip, every time he was tempted, it elicited, it just activated this feeling of there's something wrong with me. I'm still dealing with this problem. I'm still struggling. I'm still giving in occasionally to temptation. I just, like, I feel like and I believe I'm unworthy. And so what we started to do was So this is kind of leads into these three things. Well, what do you do? How do you address this? How do you reverse this? 
Because on, on some level, a lot of people might intellectually know, okay, everybody has worth. Human beings have worth. There's worth in just life itself. There's value in life. But if you only intellectually know that and you can't actually deeply feel it, it's not then serving you. And so the work that I love doing with people is helping them connect those dots, connect the head and the heart intellectually with the emotional. And so with this particular husband that I was working with, we helped him see that the way that he's defining his worth is keeping him stuck in this pigeonhole because when he made mistakes, he felt bad, which then set him up to cope in this way that he had learned how to cope back when he was 10, 11, 12. And so he'd been doing this for over two decades. And so as a result of this being a wired in conditioned pattern, it was tough for him in the beginning to overcome this. And a part of how he unintentionally contributed to this dynamic, this cycle, was him beating himself up and defining himself as unworthy, which set him up to cope even more. So the way that we approached this, how we started to reverse this was we first wanted to redefine what it actually meant to be worthy. Because you don't create the life that you want, the patterns and habits that you want, the way of being, the kind of person that you want to be. You can never create that from a place of unworthiness. It just doesn't work. Because if we feel unworthy and we want to be the kind of person who is full of joy and happy and acts in alignment with his values or her values or is the kind of parent that that person wants to be, it's, it, it doesn't happen from a place of unworthiness. It happens from a place of worth. When we can feel our value and have a sense of self-esteem and feel good about who we are, that's different than feeling good about every decision that we make. Because that's not, you know, nobody feels good about every decision that they make. But helping people tap into their worth and feel good about the person that they are and that they're striving to be, that's the place from which you create the kind of life that you want to have. That is the place from which you can overcome addiction and trauma. It's from a place of worthiness and of self-esteem that people start to heal. And so this is what we did when I worked with this particular husband was we started to redefine what it meant to be unworthy. And instead of him defining it as never making a mistake or never slipping, we started to change it and to make it something that felt more comfortable for him. So what we did was helped him to untangle his decisions from who he was as a person. And so often how you can build somebody's self-esteem isn't to just pump them up well, yes, it feels good to be encouraged and supported and loved. Like, yes, that's a huge part of that. Another really big part of helping somebody improve their self-esteem is to remove these barriers or beliefs of what it means to be unworthy and what it means to be worthy. And so for him, a part of what we did, so this is the first tool that I want to share with you guys. We helped him separate himself from his actions and helped him really get clear that he is not his actions. And if he makes a bad decision, that doesn't mean he's a bad person. And that's such a critical part of the process is to really get clear about the fact that your decisions are not who you are. They're a reflection of where you are on your path, 
They're a reflection of the tools that you have. So when I say where you are on your path, what I'm specifically referring to is the tools that you have at the time and the emotional state that you're in. Our decisions are a reflection of the tools that we have and our emotional state. And so an example that I shared with him is, okay, if I'm driving on the road, I'm not really an angry person. I just, that's just, I don't know. I, I, anger is not a, you know, I don't lose my temper very often. If I'm driving down the road, I'm having a horrible day. If I'm feeling really, really discouraged about something, let's say, or if I'm just in a really bad spot and somebody cuts me off, the way that I react to that is going to be very different than if I'm in a state of feeling good and I'm at peace and I'm connected and things are going fine. The way I react to that is very different. And we're no different as like, that's just human nature. The state that we're in is that one of the biggest levers, the biggest factors that contribute to how we decide and make how we make decisions and how we approach things. And so we helped him start to redefine what it means to be like redefine what it means to be unworthy. So for him, instead of it being, well, my actions define me as unworthy, we separated himself from his actions and he started to see, yeah, maybe that's true. Like in the beginning, it was like, well, okay, this is, you know, this is, I don't know if I fully buy into this yet, but as we just kept talking about and shared different examples of how to apply this, he started to be able to see, well, yes, that's true. Like my actions don't define my worth. My actions aren't who I am because Again, another way to think about this is that before you can even make decisions, you're still a self, like as a baby, as a toddler, as a, you know, as a young child, before you're making really any type of big decisions, you're still a self. And so your worth isn't generated based on the decisions that you make. So if that's true back then, and before you could make decisions, did you have worth? Yes. So how does making decisions then undermine or enhance your worth, your value as a human being? It doesn't. And starting to get clear about that, he then was able to shift out of this shame-based thought process of I make these mistakes, there's something wrong with me, into this place of, okay, if I'm making mistakes that are out of alignment with who I want to be, making mistakes that are out of alignment with my values, No longer is it, well, this is because I'm unworthy and this makes me unworthy. The new definition that we helped him frame was, it just means there's something missing in my approach. If I find myself continually going back to pornography, there's something missing in my approach. There's nothing wrong with me. I just need to figure out, okay, is there a tool that I'm missing? It's not doing more work. It's just, it's doing it differently. And so then we spent some time helping him identify the ways in which some of his approaches just weren't working. And from the place of, okay, I can, I can make mistakes. That doesn't make me a bad person. Making mistakes is just feedback that can help me then adjust how I approach a situation in the future. Helped him to start to eliminate this belief of unworthiness and the shame that goes with that, which then... Again, this is it was no surprise. This is the model of change that I that I promote to people is that when you start to see yourself differently, you start to feel better. And the better you feel about yourself, the less you're going to slip. The less you're going to act out because you're not in pain. And if you're not in pain, you don't need to cope in a negative way that undermines the progress that you want to make as a person.
So he started to see himself as a more whole, worthy, valuable person, which put him in a place where he started to feel more and more self-esteem. And from a place of self-esteem, he was able to be the kind of person that he wanted to be. It's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. You can't earn yourself into feelings of worthiness because the target will continually move. And that's like that's the illusion. So being able to redefine what it means to be worthy is absolutely critical. And so as you're reflecting on this, thinking about, okay, well, what a way that you can start to get clear about how you're defining what it means to be worthy or enough is think about the moments when you start to feel like you're not. And that will indicate to you the subconscious frame around how you're defining this. And then once you're clear about that, you can do some work to start to redefine it. And again, this is the work that I love doing with people is helping them identify what this is. And then there are specific ways to start to challenge and work with that so that you can see it differently. And this being one of those ways, you start to separate yourself from your actions. Sometimes people will try to do affirmations. If they feel like I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, you know, they look in the mirror or they have these flashcards that they recite about being, I am, you know, these statements of I am worthy, I'm, I'm loved, I'm enough. And while I think that's a good gesture, I haven't really seen that be very effective. And as I've thought about why, it's because when somebody believes that they're not enough, there's a specific definition that they have. Again, for this particular client I was working with, the belief is if I struggle with addiction, then I'm not enough. Well, if he has a flashcard that he recites daily of I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough, it's just going to fall completely flat because if he's still struggling with addiction, there's going to be a mismatch between what he's saying and what he believes which is why the value of redefining what it means to be enough is like, I cannot underscore how important that is. Another way to think about this is if you tell yourself, if you're, if you say, okay, I've got $50 in my bank account. And if you think in order to be rich, you need $50,000 in your bank account. It doesn't matter how much you look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're rich. You're not going to believe it because the way you're defining what it means to be rich is a certain amount of money in the bank account. This is exactly what it is for everything, every I am statement. There's always a way that we define what that thing is. I am strong. I am enough. I am worthy. And so affirmations don't work because no matter how much you tell yourself you're rich, if you have defined it as I need more money in my account to be rich and by my standard, it's just going to fall flat. And so the way to approach that is to redefine what it means to be rich. What if you define rich or wealthy as I've got a family who loves me. I've got kids that I can spend time with and play with. I've got a spouse that I can spend time with. I've got a spiritual practice that I value. I can walk, I can see, I can be and make decisions in the world. If you start to redefine what it means to be wealthy, then in an instant, you can start to feel differently because you don't have to meet some pre, you know, some prerequisite of what it means to be. It's just redefining that so you can start to tap into and feel that. And that is such an important work to do when it comes to our value and our worth. 
So just to recap these. So number one, separating yourself from your actions, redefining what it means. And number two, in redefining what it means to, again, be worthy and unworthy. Changing your approach, right? It's not, I need to never make a mistake. It's, I just need to change my approach. I'm already worthy. I'm already enough. I just need to just, I've overused a strategy that hasn't worked for me. If I'm coping with addiction, I'm just overusing a strategy that's not working. It doesn't mean I'm bad, a bad person. It just means I'm overusing a strategy. So how do I then approach this differently? Number two, you don't need to use affirmations. You start to just redefine what it means differently, right? You're, you're, it, this kind of overlaps with the first one, separating yourself from your actions. And then number two, redefining what it means to be worthy, valuable enough. And then number three, self-compassion. Self-compassion is so critical because it's how you speak to yourself. Self-compassion is not looking the other way. It's not saying, well, I made a mistake. Who cares? Doesn't matter. You know, I, it's, it's, it's not a justification to keep making decisions that aren't working for you. Self-compassion is a new way of being with yourself. Another way to think about this is how would you talk to a friend who was struggling? If they made a mistake, what would you say to a really, really good friend or your child? So often it looks completely different than how we speak to ourselves. So what we might say to a friend is, hey, we all make mistakes. We all make decisions that are out of alignment with who we want to be. And all we want to do is just keep making progress. Let's figure out what happened and then change the approach. Then we'll try something new. We'll put in a new tool. We'll get some guidance from somebody who knows how to do this. We can reach out. We can get resources. I don't want you to give up because this is important that we keep working on stuff. You're okay. It's just the decisions that you're making are out of alignment with who you want to be. So let's just keep working on this. I still care about you. Those types of things help build a sense of, okay, like it, it, it promotes and cultivates an, a, a desire to keep making progress, a desire to keep trying, a desire to be curious and explore versus shame if we feel, okay, I'm a screw up, I've done it again, there's something wrong with me. When we go into that state of, you know, it's like, it's a, it's more of like a fight or flight state. I'm a, if I beat myself up, I start to shut down. I start to avoid, I start to, uh, withdraw. That's a, that's a flight response in that state. We're not curious. We're not creative. We're not exploring options. We're just simply in survival. And so it's so counterintuitive because sometimes people say, well, if I'm compassionate with myself, then that means I'm giving myself license to just keep messing up when that's just not what it is. It's the way in which you speak to yourself. It's not permission to keep making mistakes. It's permission to be gentle with yourself as you keep working on things. And so as people are navigating the situation, as husbands and wives are dealing with the weight of this belief of not being worthy, these are some of the things that I've found to be the most helpful is to recognize and implement these three strategies and starting to see it from a different way. And I know for a lot of people, this is where there's just that disconnect where you might be hearing what I'm saying and thinking like, yeah, that all sounds good, but I just don't feel that. I get that. 
And usually when that's the case, there are some things under the surface that are, again, like beliefs or uh, ways in which you're seeing situations or how you're framing things. Usually those are just, they're so wired in that it needs to be worked through. And so these are some of the ways that you can do that. And again, as I'm working with people directly, a big part of my focus is to help work through things with them so they can start to feel it on a deeper level. And so if you feel like you want some help working through these things, I'd love to help in any way that I can. You can reach out and if there's something that I can do to help customize this to you, because obviously in a podcast episode, I, I, I can't customize it. It's just, just principles that I'm sharing. So if you feel like you want some help working through this and finding and actually tapping into this value and worth that you have, working through the addiction, processing the trauma, I'd love to support you in any way that I can. You can reach out to me, send me an email, and I can see if I can help. In the meantime, I hope this episode has been helpful to give you some direction and the principles that you can start to apply in your life so you can find this growth, so you can find this shift in how you see yourself. Because this is one of the biggest, again, biggest needle movers when it comes to people's individual growth and progress. Truly the freedom that you feel when you arrive and plug into your value and your worth, I promise you things completely change in those moments because you just start to see yourself and everything else differently, which puts you in a position to then be different and make progress and feel better. And all along the way, you're finding joy and feeling worth and happiness instead of postponing it Till you reach your, you know, till you reach your previously decided definition of what it means to be worthy. Well, I'll be worthy if all my kids are behaved. I'll be worthy when I have enough money in the bank. I'll be worthy when I never struggle with temptation again. It's it's just it's an illusion that keeps people stuck in this process. So I hope that as we've discussed this today, you've been able to see that there's a path forward for you to be able to find your worth and tap into that because the worth is already there. And so often what it means to tap into your worth is to remove the ways in which you're defining and preventing yourself from feeling it. And so I can share with you from personal experience as I have gone down this path and I had to kind of figure this stuff out on my own. uh, There was a book that I read that opened my eyes up to this idea that I was defining myself as my decisions. And so as I worked through and processed and like really focused on separating myself from my actions, it, I, I, can't, I, I feel completely differently. I just feel completely differently about myself, about my mistakes that I make, the kind of person that I am. And being in a place of feeling worth and value, I'm able to make progress so much faster. I'm able to address mistakes and decisions that don't work in such a different way in a way that's sustainable. And I truly wish that for everybody who's listening to this as well. So again, I hope this is helpful. And um, I would encourage you to reflect on just some of these points where you feel like you're defining your worth. Start to challenge that. Start to redefine it. Start to see yourself differently. Extend an approach of self-compassion as you're trying to then decide, how do I change my approach to then make different decisions? This is going to be the path that I think will have such tremendous value. 